Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. When I saw um, An Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore, uh, which I thought, isn't this interesting? Because everything he's saying is really important. But I now want to go into a Hummer and go shopping. (laughs) 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 Because he put us in our lizard brain. And, And for me... The improv is designed when we're afraid to have us be collaborative, open, curious. Yes, this week we're having a laugh with Belina Raffi. She's the brains behind sustainable stand-up. If we can laugh at something, we can change it, she says. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is episode 45 of The Better Business Show. I'm Tom Idle. Thanks for coming back to us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, And thanks for all your positive feedback on last week's episode. Um, We did a special episode on robots and AI in business, and it went down an absolute storm. Essentially, we talked about how business should not discount the value of human ability to be caring and creative and collaborative and, and curious and, and in their drive to kind of find efficiencies uh, that are offered by AI and robots. We had a fascinating chat with uh, robot nut uh, Laura Thompson. So have a listen if you uh, if you missed it last week, which reminds me to remind you to check out the back catalogue. I know many of you have been with us since day one and you do listen week in, week out, but more and more of you come to the show fresh every week. Uh, depending on what subject we're talking about. Um, in which case, I encourage you all to check out the uh, the catalogue of episodes we have, all 44 of them before this one. Uh, they're all on our website, uh, www.betterbusiness.show. Um, there's a full list there. You can scroll down. We also have a, a sort of keyword search um, available uh, a bit further down that page. Uh, there's also the ability to look at them all in chronological order. So do check those out. The other thing to say is that we are now part of the Better World Podcast Collective. So the, the idea behind this is that if you love this web, um, if you love this podcast, then there's a good chance that there's a whole bunch of other podcasts that you have never come across that you'll probably like as well. So we've kind of curated the uh, the Better World Podcasts um, uh, directory, if you like. It's betterworldpodcast.com uh, and you'll see Better Business Show right up top. And then if you scroll through, you can see all the other podcasts that we kind of pulled together um, in the hope that you'll probably find something else that you like as well. Now, we all love TED Talks, don't we? Have a think about the ones that you like the most. Yes, they probably contain the most thought-provoking content. Maybe you feel that you connect with that speaker. Perhaps it's a topic or the tone of the voice. But there's probably something else about your favourite TED Talk that it almost certainly did. And that's make you laugh. In our information age full of ideas, concepts, stories, imaginings, brought to you in an absolute plethora of ways and mediums and formats, how do you make your ideas stick? Well, according to today's guest on the show, comedy doesn't just make people laugh, it makes them think. Belinda Raffi works with people with a passion for something and a need to communicate that passion. To help them be funny, to use comedy or improvisation to circumvent ingrained perspectives and challenge business-as-usual thinking. Something, let's face it, we all need to do in our quest to tell people that there is a better way of doing things, 
whether that's running a business or living their life in a different way. So you're going to hear my conversation with Belina this week and interspersed with that chat are some snippets of people that are on stage that have taken part in Belina's sustainable stand-up course so you can get a feel for what it is that she's trying to achieve with it. It'll all make sense, I promise. Anyway, here's our conversation. So Belina, um, it's great to have you here on The Better Business Show. Thanks for being with us uh, today. Um, now, sustainable stand-up is the focus of our show this week, something I've been wanting to talk about on the show for ages now. I first came across the whole concept uh, talking with Dave Hampton and, and Adam Woodhall, both listeners of the show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Adam. Uh, and both people I've, I've known for... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And both people I've, I've sort of known for a while now. And both of these guys have been on your course and they were so excited about it when they told me um and i find the whole thing utterly fascinating so we'll get into the into the, the nuts and bolts of it but why don't we start why don't we start belina with talking about what it is you do i mean obviously sustainable stand-up is only part of what you do but what what is it you're up to and in your business and what do you do for a day job as it were <laughs> i I don't really have a day job, so um, and, and it, which makes what I do a nightmare be, uh, to market because I'm not quite sure how to describe it. I think we found three awesome umbrellas. So I'm working with this lovely service designer, smart, awesome lady named Anna from Slovenia, and she's helping me kind of work out how do we actually talk to the world. And I think the three umbrellas that kind of make sense, at least, or at least group what I do, hmm. is... Um, using improv to save the world, using humor to save the world, using nature to save the world, kind of those three umbrellas. Okay. Um, and it, 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 so I'm very modest, <laughs> as you can tell by those, those bold claims. And um, the improv to save the world, I, so I have an MBA from Cranfield. Uh, I was in England for 15 years, and um, I went through a personal journey of being in corporate world and actually in, in uh, I worked for Citigroup in the back office. Right. And, and saw a lot of people burn out and then did an MBA to relax <laughs> and then um, started working with marketing execs of um, doing marketing ex excellent stuff. And I, I wanted a way – I was being asked to do death by PowerPoint training right, right. and I wanted a way to flip it inside out. And um, this was around uh, 2001 and in 96 I had taken my first improv class to connect and play with people while I was working for the bank in New York. Right. And something bubbled up of improv is a lovely way to invite people to collaborate and share. Um, and there's also an embodiment piece, which is missing, or at least, and particularly was in death by PowerPoint type stuff, where you're actually practicing the behaviors that you need to do the, the new skill or the new goal or whatever it is. So I started in 2007, um, doing pilots and then I worked with some of the best improvisers on the planet and I and I um, met the guy who uh, Paul Jackson who co-founded co the Applied Improvisation Network and I basically uh, sidled up to him and said will you be my business partner for a bunch of projects um, <laughs> and learned a lot from him and then joined the board of the Applied Improv Network and then co-chaired a bunch of their global conferences and then I studied with Keith Johnston and, and went to the Loose Moose uh, Improv Summer School so that was my kind of deep immersion into the improvisation skills um, and applying it to uh, business. Okay. And when, when you say that improv, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, for those that are not entirely sure, and I count myself in that in that category. <laughs> yeah. uh, give me give me an example. What, what do you mean by yeah. improv, and, and sure. particularly particularly in the context of kind of helping business? Yeah. So um, so I I've studied some theater improv, as I said, from Keith Johnson and a bunch of places, but always with the interest of how do we take those mindsets and techniques and apply them elsewhere. So not necessarily to perform, but to be a better leader, to be a better team, um, and actually to navigate the unknown. So there's a lot of what it's designed for is to take afraid people on stage who do not have a script, but have certain rules that they're operating under. Okay and create something cohesive and interesting. And um, how that translates to business, and particularly business transformation and climate change, is we're f- stuff is emergent and um, complex and adaptive and moving very fast. And if we keep trying to respond in the linear way that we've been taught in schools, we're stuffed. <laughs> um, and there's also this, what's nice is there's... Um, it's aligned with something called solution focus, which Paul Jackson is also uh, very active in and co-wrote a book and stuff. It's harmonious with this. Ex, um, I don't know if you've heard yes and in improvisation. It's it's jargon of accept and build on what's there. Okay. And there's a lot of, um, particularly in business as usual, ignoring what's there in terms of climate, in terms of environmental impact, in terms of happiness of your staff and suppliers and things yeah. like that. So part of what I do is I'll run activities in companies so that we can just start to notice what's the impact. And, and I actually have choice instead of just working on the default uh, response that I usually have. Mm. So it's a safe space for them to have these different types of interactions and, and you can point it in so many different ways, which again, makes it a nightmare to sell. So, um, (laughs) so it's for adaptive leadership. It's for creativity um, and the reason I, I, when I first started working with applied improv, I thought I kind of had to do business as usual, like to make business as usual more palatable, which mm. made my heart sink. But I felt like that's kind of what I had to do. But I found myself wanting to bring it more and more into the sustainability space. And particularly when I saw, um, an inconvenient truth by Al Gore, yeah. uh, which, I thought, isn't this interesting? Because everything he's saying is really important. But I now want to go into a Hummer and go shopping. (laughs) 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 Because he put us in our lizard brain. And and for me, the improv is designed when we're afraid to have us be collaborative, open, curious, connecting. And so that for me was the catalyst of, okay, I'm going to bring this stuff into the sustainability realm. Okay. Um, Okay. And then I think, it, so you've heard of Andy Middleton. Um, I have. We had yeah. him on the show a few, oh, few weeks awesome. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I, I met up with him and uh, we were working on something called Biomimicry for Creative Innovation. Uh, so uh, started working with biomimicry experts, biologists, and bringing improv in because life actually improvises. And when we say improv, uh, some people think of it as chaos. And it's actually not. It's freedom within a structure. Okay. So there's certain rules that... Um, are helping things emerge. So we don't have a script, but we, uh, we, and there's a lot of freedom within the structure, but there is a structure kind of generating things. Um, And, and that's what we're looking for is, is almost safe spaces to go into companies and say, um, what happens if we relax these linear ways of being for a bit um, and just see 
let's listen to what you actually want to do with the with the company, how it could better relate with nature um, and each other. Um, are there certain ways of being in the business? Are there certain behaviors or certain processes that are actually making things harder instead of easier for what you want to do? Right. Um, so I hang in, hung out with the biomimicry crowd for a while, and that was really awesome. And then I saw a TEDx um, by a lady named Michelle Holiday based in Montreal. And through these weird set of circumstances, I got to stay at her house and decided to move to Montreal for a year. <laughs> as you do, with her, as you as do, you yeah. do after yeah. 12 years of being in the UK. And um, uh, I like Thrivability because for me, it was the umbrella on top of which biomimicry sat with a few other things. And it's, it's a way of looking at how do we align organizations with thriving living systems. So biomimicry is usually about stuff, like how do we make this uh, ceramic cup, you know, uh, like a sea creature creates their shell. Um, but with Andy and a few other people, we were looking at process. How can companies look at their process as nature does stuff? And thrivability is a really lovely expression of that. Um, so we created something called the Thrivable World Quest, which is a piratey, playful quest. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was also my secret way of um, teaching a bunch of people around the world I've never met uh, improv techniques because we that was built into the design. And what's neat about improv skills is that they're fractal. So mm -hmm. if you're in one of my classes for creativity and improv, you're also going to be... Um, a better friend and a better bridge player and be able to handle unexpected weather happening <laughs> all at the same time. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. whatever excuse we're there for, it's going to help you in a lot of different ways besides the reason that we're supposedly there. They're doing it, yeah. When I was uh, two, uh, my mum was quite worried about me. My mum's here. And she was, she was concerned because um, I was a bit of a tearaway. Uh, she actually thought I might be the reincarnation of the Dark Lord himself, Darth Vader. <laughs> and uh, because, of, for example, I, I had this uh, terrible asthma, I was like... <sighs> 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 and also, I used to... Uh, she couldn't leave me on my own, because like, I'd somehow managed to replace my rattle with a lightsaber. And uh, then, also, I used to insist on wearing black nappies. <laughs> now, um, when I grew old, a bit older, I got, got to uh, 18, and then Luke Skywalker became my uh, kind of model. Um, because, well, people used to think that Luke Skywalker was a bit of a goody-two-shoes, but I thought he was actually quite sexy. Um, and because, you know, he really knew how to waft his lightsaber around, didn't he? Come on. Um, oh, yes. Um, so I then took it forward and decided I wanted to stay with the light side. So, yes, I became a sustainability consultant. And not just that. I did something even more do-gooderish. I became a behaviour change and employee engagement specialist. Oh yes, 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 I was right on my, I got right on my high horse. So, um, now I've taken that forward and I've got something that I can tell you. That last year I became the corporate responsibility manager for the Death Star. Yeah, great. Now, 
Um, some people have questioned this, I must say. The saying is kind of like, is it putting lipstick on a pig? Um, and uh, my thought is that no, it's really important that we uh, engage with organisations like this. And with my experience of engaging people, I think I'm in a very well placed to um, in increasing that. You know, I'm a glass half full sort of guy. So what I've been doing is, is working with this. I'm very lucky um, that uh, I have Lord Vader as my uh, direct line manager. And um, that's going really well. Um, and I am actually the first um, corporate responsibility manager for this Death Star. Although there were two others before, but I think they were blown up. Um, and, but I did insist on getting life insurance as part of my salary package. Now. So obviously the sustainable stand-up is a, another core pillar of, of your work. Where did the whole idea for that come from? I guess it was, this is about kind of, I guess, taking what you've learned and then allowing other people to kind of take hold of it and, and run with it as well, is it? Yeah, so um, I I did stand-up and improv at the same time in 96 in New York. And I love people like John Stewart, John Oliver, and I love what they're doing. They're, and uh, George Carlin and Bill Hicks and stuff. And And I have a certain bent of... I, I, anger shuts people off, judgmental people, I think, shut people off. And I wanted a way to empower um, lovely people in the social enterprise and the sustainability realm to come across and get their ideas across in a way that's really engaging and actually that circumvents the judgment barriers. Because yep. if we can make people, if we can invite people to laugh, then we have a shot of of um have helping them think differently about stuff yeah um and and part of that was coming from seeing some people in the in the sustainability realm really pushing the fear thing again or the judgmental thing and and that's just not working mm. <laughs> so it's not no so let's uh, let's make it funny and and um the the catalyst uh there's a am i allowed to swear on your you can you go ahead yeah go on Belina. why not so, so there's a, um, a fantastic song by an improv comedian named katie goodman and um it's it's called i didn't fuck it up and i think it should be played on every at every sustainability conference ever ever <laughs> <laughs> and and when i saw it the whole project downloaded in my head so i bought the url sustainable stand-up I thought there's a few things I want to do because now I'm starting to meet um, some top scientists. So I'm connected with uh, a NASA climate scientist and one of the top Red Cross Red Crescent climate scientists. Um, and I'm getting connected with comedians. So I want to, those two to talk to each other so that when comedians do stuff on climate, they're doing it on leading edge stuff. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so that's, I also wanted to show off um, and that piece hasn't has taken off a little bit um, with the show that we did in Baltimore uh, two years ago with a green building expert, a NASA climate scientist, Katie Goodman, and me were in a show. Right. right. <laughs> um, uh, so, so that's and I'd love to do more of that sort of curated shows in London. So I'm looking that that's a piece that is wanting to more love. Um, the piece that I've been running is just how do we bring this power of speaking your truth in a lovely way that's funny and nice to normal people who probably don't have the intention of ever doing stand-up again but present a lot and want to make it way more human particularly yeah. in the sustainability realm but for me um, I think it's important to define that broadly 
mm-hmm. uh, especially for these classes of anybody who has an interest in wanting to make the world a better place, come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love this idea of combining comedy with something so serious like sustainability. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that's laid at my door. I mean, I spend all my time writing and communicating about sustainability issues. Uh, and, it's, you know, the hardest thing we have to do is to make this stuff interesting and engaging. And I guess comedy can kind of cut through a lot of that serious stuff because, you know, if you can take the mick out of something, yeah. as we like to say in the UK here, yeah. then you've got a better chance of kind of reaching people. I guess that's the theory, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. And especially if it's done in a nice way, if you're not, um, if you're not punching down, so if you're, if you're punching up, if you have to punch at all, but also just connecting it with, with our lives and who you are. Cause one of the things that, um, people come for is the, as, as you said, er, actually earlier, that the way that they're doing presentations is very generic and not personal. Mm. Um, so one of the things, one of the activities that we do in the class is tell us what you were like as a little kid. because often there's seeds there that show up now that are really lovely do you so you know were you uh uh, were you fighting the system even as a (laughs) six-year-old do you know what I mean (laughs) um and and when you share stuff like that it helps us to like you and connect with you well I was going to ask you about the detail of, of of the course okay uh and what is it that that you you know people that go on the course what what do they get like what are you doing (laughs) um those are two different questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with the, the what, what do you do? Like, we'll, we'll come so, on to that. So but, um, it's, um, it's once a week for six weeks. Uh, is it the London one, and I'm doing uh, a version of that in Berlin. So I'm very unsustainably about to do it in Berlin, then fly to London and do it and <laughs> fly back here. So, I, um, but it, so once a week for six weeks, that version of the course, um, we meet for two hours and it starts off very improv focused and then shifts over time to the stand-up skills okay. um, in terms of, of technically what we're doing. So um, improv and stand-up are, are, are different skills, uh, but there's this overlap of noticing more um, that both of them have and uh, using what you notice and trying to find what's uh, delightful or interesting about that and having an opinion. So the improv kind of the first two and a half weeks um, are about uh, using improv to connect in delightful ways with people that you can use um, with your audience and to be in a good state. It's it, Part of it is noticing what your inner iPod is playing <laughs> when you're right. on stage and when you're right. nervous. And so so some of the improv stuff is about how do you be on, in a good state even when you're afraid on stage. Um, and we also use it, use some of those improv t- activities to generate content to really explore in nice ways what do you care about so so and then the lateral thinking of what could what what could you link with that that might be funny or delightful so usually the people that come on the course they have something in their mind about what they what it is they you know they want to communicate and and then you kind of help them then use that not necessarily some of them do um but not all of them um they some of them like are in specific jobs that make the world a better place some of them are just leaving their job and are trying are are trying to work out what they care about so this is a lovely so so it's hard to answer what do people get because it really depends on what they're coming in with Um, people and and um people have one of the things that improvisation does in this course is 
our default when we're nervous is to go negative, either about ourselves or the stuff that we like or the audience. Yeah. And, and I also got so tired of going to open mics and seeing um, usually young lads get up there and go, I hate myself, I hate you, and I want to fuck you. Good night, you know. <laughs> and it was like, please. But part of, part of that, I mean, they might just be jerks, but part of that is um, when we're nervous, we go negative. So one of the really healing things, particularly, I think Britain's been under stress for so long, as we saw by kind of the, the racist stuff flurrying in, in the States and in, in uh, UK, is this really healing so there's a lot of negative messages about self, about we're not enough, about all that stuff flying around. Mm -hmm. And noticing when we're trying to present ourselves, if any of that is there to like remove the dust so yeah. that when you talk about yourself, um, you're picking the positive, delightful stuff. And, and that has such lovely knock on effects, not only in their lives, but it's also when they're on stage and they're doing the show. So, um, they're giving an example to other people who might be feeling negative about self or whatever. It's okay to be positive. And here's what a nice version of that looks like. So I am in responsible innovation, and that is basically, you know, trying to make science responsible. So that's why I got my little sciencey coat. And that really entails me going around trying to tell scientists, these boffins, these pointy-head professors, that their life's work, their passion, their everything is actually not really that responsible. And, you know, maybe it's really hurting the planet. And have they really thought about it that carefully? Which obviously, as you can imagine, it doesn't go down very well on the whole. However, like all sustainability people, I'm very, very positive. I'm working with robots at the moment, doing quite a lot on robotics, and there's a lot of you know, concern, as you know, about robots. I mean, are they going to take over the world, artificial intelligence? Are we all going to become cyborgs? But it's the shopping issues I'm more interested in. So, you know, how do they come? You get your robot, how does it come? Is it like, I don't know, flat pack? Do you sort of like screw in its knob and it comes to life like like normal people and, and then it sort of puts itself together maybe? I mean, or does it come in sort of, you know, this huge box arrives and delivered by other robots or something, drones? And, you know, but even then, by then, I bet they haven't got the blooming packaging right, have they? So you'll be there with this seven foot box and a knife like... Oh shit, I cut its knob off! <laughs> or does it sort of, does it like get on a bus and just turn up and not and knock on the door? <laughs> you know, oh hello, you're my new robot, great, come on in, come on in, great, it's so nice to have you, great. Sit down, have a cup of tea, oh, I just, I've just paid ten grand to, for you to make me a cup of tea, haven't I, silly? <laughs> Sorry. So, please can I have a, a cup of tea please? Oh yeah, no, okay. So the tea bags are here, and then here's the kettle, and, and I like it, you know, black um, with sugar, and, and, and then you put the... Oh, fuck, I'll make the tea myself. <laughs> I, I wonder about comedy, and because and, people on your course, are you actually teaching them to be funny, or is um, it something we're, else? We're, uh, we're, there are structures in stand-up. Um, and what, actually, one of the guys I want to mention, one of the guys who teaches one of the six courses just uh he's delightful and talented and also saves me from flying at least once <laughs> one week out of the six <laughs> is steve cross who does science show off and 
um, a bunch of other things. So, so he nice. teaches one of the courses and he's, he's fantastic. Um, so there are structures in a five minute stand up set that you do. So there's a rule of three, which is kind of general of if you're presenting our brain likes three things. And in comedy, usually the third one breaks the pattern of the first two, for example. So, so, um, what we're doing is so uh sorry two and a half weeks into this week six we're yeah. helping people refine and refine their jokes their sets so that by the time we get to um the sixth week they have their comedy set they've rehearsed it and they're they're up for having this show okay so you put on a show as well at the end of the, yeah. at the end of the course yeah so the wow. show's gonna be um uh and we've run it uh, at least twice now. Sorry, I've been traveling around a lot. We've run it in London at least twice now, and we are at the in the basement of the Freedom Bar, um, which is really a funny, delightful place. It we've had good audiences, like sixty people turn up, um, sixty to eighty people turn up, and it's always funny to do the setup because it's very plush pink sofas that we have to move in certain areas for the stage because there's stripper club stripper poles in there <laughs> <laughs> so it's a cl- it's a classy little joint yeah, like and, and, yeah and like they're, they're lovely to work with but um so that's always an amusing thing of like okay we have to make sure that the people can see <laughs> because of the poles um but uh yeah so we've run uh and i don't know if you've seen there's a highlights reel of um of the last show that we did we're trying to get better at kind of capturing things instead of just being emergent <laughs> in the moment. Um, but there is a highlights reel of the last show that we did in that space. Um, and again, so, some people, like I think Adam um, and a few other people have gone on to do more stand-up. That it's not a requirement. It, it's it's right. more, um, uh, and you can, and we're delighted if you do, but, but it's more about can you bring some of the stuff that you learned back into work like this playfulness this other way of seeing and uh, and this this noticing if you're bringing dust in that mm. makes things negative um right. can you bring that to work can you bring that to your other presentations so one of the ladies who was in the course uh, i think the same um class as adam uh is a lady who presents all the time in a certain aspect of sustainability and she had a presentation in sweden after the the class and she was saying she started with here's what she was like as a little kid and it had such a lovely different effect than her normal presentations about sustainability because it was like the stuff she was doing was relevant too um and and part of stand-up comedy is a different way of speaking so um and what we do when we're nervous is we put too many words in there <laughs> usually so sometimes we can go negative and sometimes we can just have too many words so there's a a lovely skill of editing that also gets taught in this course right. of yeah um take, taking the leaves off is what we call <laughs> from the track okay and are there any kind of issues in terms of the content of, of someone's uh, stand-up routine that are kind of a, a no-go i mean there are are there issues i don't know human rights abuse or mm-hmm. child labor i mean sort of things that you just it's hard to find comedy in, isn't yeah. it i mean how, how, do, how do you deal with that stuff um we so it's never you, you never make fun of um 
children being trafficked or whatever, you you make fun of a world that would let that happen. Right. Um, so far, mm. and remember, this is an intro class. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. so far, nobody's taken on kind of that level <laughs> of stuff. But they have tried other things. So the, the, the first time I ran the class was in Baltimore in uh, 2014. And we had a NASA climate scientist in. And what was so delightful is, you know, here his whole career and job is about we need to protect life on the planet and to do his job he had to learn how to kill a bear <laughs> because <laughs> he's in the arctic and like that's important so it was just so it's at least in this course because as i said it's it's kind of the intro course it's the emphasis is more on rekindling your human personal connection with what you do yeah um yeah I'll give you another example. There was a, a lovely lady in the course in London um, who is uh, an expert in garbage and recycling and stuff. And she said, uh, she talked about, you know, even when she's visiting somebody's house for the first time, she'll root through their garbage and see how they do things. <laughs> and yet hmm. she she has this confession that she adores the Nespresso. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so just like just being able to laugh at nobody... Our systems do not allow us to completely align with our values and, and yeah. humans are silly anyway. And if we, so, you know, normally she could be embarrassed about that and hide it or she can raise it up to the light and laugh about it and yeah. feel more at ease and then maybe change it if she wants to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what, what we're trying to allow that process, not only for the people in the course, which is a really healing thing. But also, that gives permission to other people to do the same thing. I'm Mark. A little bit of background on me. Um, out in the real world, I'm not that great. I work in a bank. Be nice! Exactly. It's, um, well, this is me actually uh, trying to escape that, because it's not exactly fulfilling any great dreams or ambitions. Uh, not that I really landed on any great dreams or ambitions. As a kid, I kind of reached, I don't want to turn into my dad. But he works in a bank, so that worked out well. <laughs> um, me and banks don't work out well, actually. Um, don't know what it is, I, I obviously work hard. Um, but stuff goes wrong. Um, I was at Enron, that blew up. <laughs> Next place I worked, they shut down their trading businesses almost as soon as I got there. Uh, had an interview at Lehman's and just boom! <laughs> Where I am currently, they're shutting down the London team, so A, I should escape, but um, yeah, I'm kind of realising banking, I'm a bit of a kiss of death, I'm a bank fucker, maybe, <laughs> which isn't the job description, but, so, but not just a fucker in a bank, there's lots and lots of them, not everyone by any stretch, but the industry has a high FQ or fucker quotient. <laughs> it's not the only one, there are plenty of other ones, there's politics, fuckers fiddling their expenses. There's the press with fuckers phone hacking. Porn is my favourite. <laughs> fuckers fucking, of course. <laughs> I wonder whether you know of any sort of professional comedians that are using sustainability as the basis of their of their act right now. Have you seen anyone that's doing this professionally? I'm I'm, um, I'm a little bit. Behind, there's different aspects. So it, as part of your homework for the class, we, I do send out links. And actually, it, I saw that you like the, the Facebook page. There's a lot of links on there that cover it in kind of different ways. So um, Louis C.K., who I adore, um, 
did a brilliant eight minute piece as part of an hour show on sustainability that is is part of the homework because I just think it's such a nice way to do it where it's personal and it evolves into this story about him throwing garbage on the floor and what happens if you put it in a receptacle and he takes you through this through like the permutations and it ends up in the ocean and ends up on a dolphin's head and he wears it for eight years (laughs) and it's just like it so it's so Louis C.K., definitely George Carlin, um, and I adore him. I invite people to be less angry than him just because he was very him. But yeah. um, I think generally, until you're like a really professional comedian, anger disconnects. So um, in terms of content, I point people to George Carlin, but in terms of um, uh, delivery, I point them elsewhere, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um <laughs> There's and, and there's different ways. So I'm also trying to bring light to how comedy is done in my own modest way. So, um, you know, there's different ways to, to do comedy. And, and because stand-ups have permission to tell the truth, I'm really inviting people to use it to make the world a better place. And so I just came back from Shanghai um, and I worked it, um, with a group of professional comedians there for four hours to just really hold the space of, are we being lazy by doing um, easy material that we know gets laughs in bars? Right. What do you really care about and how can you weave that in? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so fascinating well look Valina, i love it i love the, the whole concept and i have a feeling that many of our listeners will love it too um i noticed on your website your london course is fully booked i know yes. you've got something you've got the similar one going on in berlin soon yes uh i guess you're just struggling to meet demand for this right now are you um i i love that <laughs> i wish so, so far <laughs> um, london we're getting there i'm i'm so delighted it's sold out and i need to find like the next dates quickly i'm just trying to so um i'm i'm supposed to go to bhutan either in march or may with the eden project for the uh using nature to save the world sort of thing and as yep. soon as i get those dates then i can do the i can know when the next london one is okay. um and I also do an online, so I do a few other things that are related to that um, when people can't get to a, a physical course. Uh, one is if you have any listeners in Berlin, I'd love them to come along because um, uh, it, it, I just want to pack out Berlin as well. It's a delightful course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but the, so I do an online class. I've been doing an online class uh, and that's been lovely. I've run it twice and I've done one that is for kind of uh, Europe-Asia market and one for um, Europe-North America market in terms of timing. Um, And I also do coaching. So if somebody is looking for kind of putting this stuff in and and are like, but you know, your class is too late or I can't wait two months. (laughs) Yeah. contact me you know, yeah i'm happy to to work with them okay but we should point everyone to sustainable com, right for um, all and, the details and mafic so Maf so mafic is my it means to boisterously celebrate and it's that's my uh sustainable stand-up is actually a project of mafic of mafic yeah got you got you well listen i'd love to i'd love to come and do it so <laughs> i'm going to look out for, for when the when you release the dates awesome. uh in the meantime there's a show in london what date's that yes uh february 12th it's on a sunday i hope if i remember the date correctly um february 12th it's yeah Sunday at the Freedom Bar. I think doors open at uh, yeah uh, February twelfth. Um, doors open at five thirty for a six uh, show. Fantastic! We will be there. 
Um, <laughs> Belina, thanks so much for coming on the show and, uh, and good luck with all that you're doing. Uh, fascinating. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, Belina Raffi there who runs Mathic and Sustainable Stand-Up. Uh, you also heard from Adam Woodhall, Hilary Woof and Mark Dilworth all putting on splendid performances at the end of their six-week comedy course with Belina. As I said in the recording, do have a look at sustainablestandup.com for more dates if you fancy getting involved in Belina's course. I'll probably see you down there. And before I go this week, just another reminder to uh, sign up to the Better Business Show newsletter. Head over to the website, betterbusiness.show. Uh, give us your email address and you'll start getting our newsletter. Um, you can find us in all the usual places if this is the first time you've come to, to the show. Of course, we're on iTunes. Of course, we're on SoundCloud. But you'll also find us on TuneIn and Stitcher and Deezer too. Um, that's it for another week. We'll be back again on Friday for our Friday Five show. Uh, which comes out sort of Friday lunchtime usually, so look out for that. But until next time, goodbye.